Hello and welcome back to Second Screening. My name is Nicholas Lane, and with me, as always, is my very good friend, Matthew. Matthew, what's up? Not much, just uh, quarantining, you know? Yep, it's a quarantine life. That's actually part of the reason why we haven't done uh, another episode in a while. Not that we're lazy, it's because of quarantine, and we haven't been able to figure out how to do uh, remote podcasts until just this moment. Yeah, if anybody asks, that's definitely the reason. So, yep. you know, I, I was suggesting, I was like, we should have done a Halloween movie. But then I was like, wait, who are we kidding? This thing won't be out till like next year. So then I was yeah. like. <laughs> I was actually changing. having the same thought. Like, yeah, so we are recording in October. It's actually like, it's literally the week before uh, Halloween 2020. Um, yeah, I was like, oh, we should have done a scary movie, but this is the one that we picked out and it took me forever to watch it. So it's mostly my bad that we didn't do an October like Halloween movie. Uh, the next we'll record a Halloween movie in like February, like around Valentine's day. And then it'll probably come out, uh, around the appropriate time. Yeah. So Matthew, uh, what's been going on with you? Any, any major updates in the, I don't know how long it's been since we recorded like almost a year at this point. Has it really been almost a year? I think so. Maybe it was like January. Okay. Maybe. What was the last movie we did? I know I should. We did those. Kung Fu Hustle. Oh, that's right. We did do that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. You know, for me, still being a student, uh, mm-hmm. there's you know never really much to report. But I guess when I was when I'm a student, I'm always like, oh, just school. But then when I'm working, I'm always like, you know, work. So yeah. I guess the answer is there's never. Uh, no, I have uh, nothing significant to report. Oh, okay. How about uh, you? How's school going? It's going all right. Uh, I'm getting close to the end, which is good. Senioritis is kicking in, mm-hmm. which is good. Uh, and, yeah, that's uh, good. Yeah. No, it's, uh, I'm just waiting to... I, I do tell myself that I'm going to be much more uh, proactive when it comes to second screening because I think I asked you like last week or something. I was like, what is free time and how do I get it? Yeah. Because, <laughs> you know, I have to try to squeeze stuff in. So... Uh, yeah, I'm going to be more proactive when we get to it. Yeah, sounds great. Um, I actually am going to shout out something that you did over the summer. Uh, Matthew volunteered as a uh, wildlife um, or a wildfire firefighter. Oh, yeah, wildland that- firefighter. Yeah, I did. Yeah, yeah, for like uh, three weeks you were out there? Yeah, I think it was about, it was a little bit less than two weeks. Okay, um, it felt like three weeks. Yeah, it fit, well, for me, it was like a time warp, um, but uh, I mean, it's they're certainly getting their pound of flesh from me, that's for sure. Yeah, I forgot. Oh, I didn't forget I did that. I just forgot to bring that up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I did do that. So that was a, uh, I lost like seven pounds, which I came back and then promptly put back on. So <laughs> Good. part of my plan didn't work. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for doing that, Matthew. Uh, Washington State uh, thanks you from the bottom of our heart. And it's I represent my, all of Washington. It's my pleasure to serve the great, the, what is it, the people of the great state of Washington. No, awesome. Uh, for me, uh, updates. Um, I have recently bought a house. Um, and terrible. Uh, yeah, I think it's it was actually a really good idea for us. Like we're really enjoying co ownership. It's really nice. Um, and then also, uh, I got married. Oh yeah, that's right. Legally, yeah. yeah congratulations. Thank you so things. much. Yeah. So. Uh, my wife and I uh, decided to do a courtroom wedding, and uh, it was not really courtroom. It was actually outside, but we are still going to go. We're going to do like the ceremony that we had planned, uh, you know, partially because we already spent a bunch of money setting everything up, but also it's like you know that's what we 
Yeah, I mean, you can still, I mean, you can treat the whole second thing as, you know, pretending that the first thing didn't happen. Uh, I don't ever do that, but yeah, we'll, we'll still go through the whole ceremony. So, yep. So those are the like, major things that happened with the, uh, wait, for us. Wait, I have a question because this always cracks me up so much. You bought the house before you were legally married, right? Yes. So then it says like your name and unmarried person. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> Unmarried person. Uh, yeah, I don't know why they had to. Do it. It's so, so aggressive. I know. <laughs> this time on the second screening, we are reviewing the movie Mean Gun. Mean Guns. A 1997 movie. 1997. Yeah, and it, good God, it is a 90s ass movie. It would. It's pure 90s in that uh, you definitely bought the whole seat, but only yeah. the edge. That's yeah, a fact. That's- that's exactly right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Matthew, why don't you hit us with some Matthew's factuals? Which, again, I love is just a overglorified way of reading uh, IMDb, so you don't have to. Yeah, so, exactly. first of all, <laughs> shout out to our friend Matt, who suggested this to me probably probably about 10 years ago. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, some Matthew's factuals. So, yeah, it was directed by, uh, hold on, I should know this, uh, and I should have had this pulled up, his name. Albert Pion. Yeah, Albert Pion. I was trying to look at, like, other movies that, that he, like, m- might be known for. He, he, do you remember? I remember this movie, um, but it was, like, the early 90s Captain America movie. It wasn't good. I don't, I mean, I don't remember, like, detail of it, but I remember at least seeing it at the video store when you used to, like, browse video stores when you were a kid. Uh, I remember and, uh, seeing it, but I never, I yeah, never watched it. I remember seeing it like in person, but I never sat down. Yeah, okay. Yes. Yeah, so at least you know of that. And, and that was like the only thing that I really saw. Um, uh, yeah, one thing I liked from the IMDb was Christopher Lambert only worked on the film for two days. Yep. Um, it, uh, it's actually a little known fact, but this is a sequel to Highlander. We'll get to that later. Yep. Um, spiritual successor. Um, and then you know more about it, but uh, the uh, it, tell the uh, you know Ice T, who I guess I could call Moon, but I I just want to call him Ice T no matter what. Yeah, it's Ice. It it's Ice T. Uh, so he's reci- he recites an opening monologue, and I'll let you talk about that because you actually knew about it, whereas you know I did not. Yeah. So uh, the movie starts with this monologue. Um, there's you know Mambo mu- music playing, which is like throughout the entire film. It's the through line of the film is Mambo is playing at any any given moment. Um, and Ice-T is monologuing to himself. And I recognize it. Uh, it's from uh, Thus Spoke Zarathustra from uh, Nietzsche. And uh, I remember being just as confused reading it for the first time and then also hearing it from Ice-T because it's just a incomprehensible monologue like by the end of it it feels like nietzsche like spiked the ball he's like hell yeah i nailed it and but it's like no this is got him yeah (laughs) got him so yeah that was a thus spoke tharasustra tharasustra is the um prophet of zoroastrian which is the religion iran prior right yeah that was like the first monotheistic uh, religion right uh it, it's probably not his fault, but I don't think anybody can ever quote Nietzsche un- without sounding like a tool. Like, and it, it's not his fault. I mean, his stuff was, you know, made authentically, but it just, I don't know, man, it's like the swastika. It just like got ruined. So yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. His fans ruined 
Nietzsche's fans ruined Nietzsche. There, that's the perfect way to say it. Yes, that's yep. the perfect way to say it. Uh, what, else is, what is there to say? Oh, 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 oh. Okay, so you know how Michael Mann's movie, Michael Mann, Michael Mann, his uh, like Heat <laughs> and uh, Collateral are yeah. they're they're very well known for like realistic gunplay, like you know, like they run out of ammunition and they have to reload and like. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, this movie, uh, I think, is up there in those ranks with real. Oh, really? Right? Yeah, absolutely. That is how guns work. Every, yes. This movie is how guns work. Ah, yes. Okay. The movie yeah. with the infinite uh, ammo shotgun. Everything uh, is infinite. Everything's cosmic. Uh, zero recoil. And all the guns, you think they'd be nice, but they're mean. That's Yeah, exactly. That's, they're all mean that's, guns. That's what, that's what you learned throughout that's, this movie. That's where the title comes from. Yep. That's, that's uh, it. That's all I got. <laughs> Okay. That's fair. I, honestly, for the listener, uh, feel free to look up the IMDb of Mean Guns. It is literally just things that happen in the movie. There's like, spoiler, this thing happened. Like, that's not trivia. Like, sorry, the IMDb trivia for this. It's not trivia, the things that happened in the movie. That's yeah. the things that happened. Like, the trivia should be like, oh, this, this scene that happened is an homage to Heat when this happened. It wasn't, obviously. This movie had uh, no uh artistic vision whatsoever um but no the the trivia is even worse it's just like d like got like killed off screen at this moment and it's like yeah. that's not trivia it's <laughs> just just watch the movie yeah it's like uh, it's like hey i remember when that happened <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, that's a, it's a good piece of trivia right there all right that's so let's let's jump yep. into me so as we said earlier Mean Gun starts with a monologue from Ice T. His name is technically Vincent Moon, but as you said, it's Ice T. It's just Ice T being Ice. Um, starts with him doing a monologue uh, where he's like, "It's you know, thus spoke the Sustra. and this guy comes in who's like a councilman, I guess. Uh, uh, Ice T, you know, challenges him to a game of chess, which, which he then again, like like the chess and the Nietzsche just goes back to like. If you were like in like a middle school and someone's like, mm-hmm. make something profound, you know, or maybe early high school, you'd be like, chess, that's profound, right? There's a lot yeah. of strategy in chess. And they'd be like, okay, what else can I hit him with? And be like, why don't you have a monologue? And be like, what should he monologue? And be like, Nietzsche's pretty good, right? And be like, yeah, yeah, let's get that in there. Yeah, exactly. I don't know where the mambo yeah. came from, but uh, I'm, su- I'm yeah. actually surprised the mambo wasn't like, uh, like Bach or like yeah. Yeah, know, something classical. So yeah, while while uh, Vincent Moon Ice T is monologuing, uh, there's a mambo song playing from uh, Perez Prado or Perez Prado, uh, who was the original mambo. mambo. Yeah, the king of mambo. Um, he will come up a lot in this movie. Uh, all of the music, not all of the music, but a lot of the music is composed heavily of his songs um, or other mambo songs. Yeah, whoever, whoever, whoever had the score for this movie had a pretty easy job because they just like put in the CD. And yeah, exactly. Like, hits and like, there you go. Um, so yeah, there's Mambo playing. To which Vincent Moon asks the person that he's playing chess, "Hey, do you like Mambo?" It's like, as like, just hanging a lantern on the fact that this Mambo's. It, it wasn't it. The Mambo itself is diegetic, which means it exists in the universe. It's not. Uh, so the music that you're hearing presumably throughout this movie is what everyone's hearing at all times uh, yeah, well, what's that movie you said diegetic what is it diegetic it means uh, it means in universe oh, okay yeah so uh diegetic it's like uh, i learned it by listening to another podcast 
that was talking about musicals. And a lot of people complain about musicals because they're like, it's so unrealistic. There would be like, there's people singing and dancing, but a lot of musicals, the music is non-diegetic, which means that it doesn't actually exist in the universe. It's more just a storytelling component. Oh, it's like a, uh, it's like a syllogy or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like like, music isn't actually happening in real life in these people's time, like in the middle of France, uh, during like the 1800s when people are like fighting for their lives, they're not stopping and singing this like incredible ballad. Also the people who are complaining about that, uh, they don't sound like I want to invite them to a party. They, (laughs) I totally agree. It's <laughs> about that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That yeah. makes sense. Diegetic. Yeah. Okay. So diegetic means in universe. So uh, he challenges this councilman to a game of chess. They're like, it turns out they're going to be opening this new prison um, the next day. So he's like, hey, we need to leave early. And he's like, oh, let's play a game of chess. And they're, they're playing. And then, well, the exact words, because I remember this was relax. We got time for one game. That's um, right. I, li- I like that line. I don't know. All right. Yeah, so he does that. They sit down and play a game of chess. Mambo's playing. Uh, Ice-T promptly loses this game of chess and uh, hyper-realistically shoots. Yeah, hyper-realistically shoots the councilman when he's like, they're talking about redemption at that moment and he's like, yeah, I know about redemption. Blam! And just shoots him. And like, But he pulls out the gun and like, imagine someone who has T-Rex arms fired a gun. That's how like Ice T fired the gun. It's like right next to his chest on his arm. It's it looked so silly. Um, my my favorite part is the recoil of gun shooting in this movie looks like a cat that dipped its paw in water. Like yes, you know, exactly. it just like shakes his paw off. Like that's yeah. what the recoil looks like. Because <laughs> like I can just imagine like behind the scene the guy's like 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 I, I don't know if he's French or not, but I'm gonna imagine he's French because it's funny. But like no, you have to sell it. Like when you shoot the recoil, shakes your hands. You have to sell it. And like <laughs> I just feel like they just took that advice and just ran with it because that is every single gunshot in this whole movie yeah yes that is absolutely right um so kills this man who just won and he's like see i am like the best at strategy uh okay cuts to the next day there's a woman who stops at a she's like gets out of a taxi and is like hurriedly going into a subway station the subway station looks like an airplane like it does look like an airport it looks like an airport airport, yeah yeah, but it's like an airport. She like goes down to get like on the train. She misses the train that she wanted to get on. Um, she just watches it go. And then over the speaker, they're like, the next train, train 666, will be departing in 15 minutes or, or like arriving in 15 minutes. And I'm like, wow, that was pretty heavy-handed. Subtle. Train Subtle. 666. Subtle. Yep. Uh, she gets uh, grabbed by a man in a fedora who like she knows i guess um she's got pictures of someone who you don't know who yet who it is yet um and he like very like roughly grabs her and like drags her over to the elevator in such like he's trying it looks like he's trying to be sneaky about it and he is he's failing yeah yeah, he's the least sneaky person ever. Like, if anybody watched, you know, because, like, you know, in normal spy movies, it's like, yeah, they try to, you know, stand next to each other for a minute and, you know, talk yeah. about the weather, whatever. Like, yeah, like, his, like, trying to be sneaky is, like, I would stop what I was doing and I would look at him and I'd be like, I wonder what's going on over there. That doesn't seem yeah. normal. I'm going to remember everything that's happening right now. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, 
the elevator door opens and this guy comes out who seems he's seems to be very important. Uh, he takes the pictures from her, um, and the guy's like, "I need you know this amount negatives. of money and the negatives." And he's like, "We already got the negatives," and shoots that guy and then takes the woman. Yeah, the uh, second person does. Yeah, a guy, a, a guy who comes down, Jaws, who comes down in the elevator. Yes, and, yeah, uh, yeah, and you know, kids today wouldn't know what negatives are. You know, that's okay. Yeah. So they blow the the fedora guy away, so he doesn't get any of the money that he wants. Um, and they're she's now in the captivity of these two men, and they uh, one of them her in the face. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's right. He straight up clocks her like, in the face, like completely unnecessarily. Like, yeah. I, <laughs> I totally agree. Um, yeah, the violence against women in this movie is like very like in your face. Yeah, even like. Yeah. The- the fedora guy like had like a super creepy domestic violence vibe and like even mm-hmm. that like weirded me out. Yeah, I totally agree. And, and throughout this film actually there's a lot of like violence against women. Um and it was like really in your face but not in like a way that's like oh how edgy. It was like this is bad. I don't like this. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah violence against women I don't like it at yeah, large. Like it, it was like extra creepy is what. Yeah, I mean. It made me super uncomfortable because I mean, yeah. like, there's certainly movies where like there there are like women involved and violence occurs against them. But I don't, you know, I you can do that. I, I guess you know, there's movies where where violence occurs seemingly indiscriminately against males and females. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know what it was about this movie, but like, yeah, just something just seems so personal and upsetting to me. Uh, so I'm yeah. with you on that. I totally, yeah, I totally agree. Yes, there is violence that are that is uh, conducted against men in this movie as well, but it always seems so like professional and like oh, that's a good way to say very cut and dry. But like anytime a woman is getting like abused, it seems like sustained and over a course of like a period of time, and it's like why? Why is it so? <laughs> why are you doing this? Yeah, except for the demo man, which we yes, except for the demo man, yeah. uh, he. He has like a long drawn out death as well. Yeah, he, he he got a bad beat. Yep. So they take her. Next scene, they're at the uh, prison that's getting opened up. Um, and it's like a bunch of people in a car. Uh, some, and yeah, a bunch of people in the car. And they're having yeah, a yeah. conversation. It's really incredibly, like just incredibly stupid conversation. But they're like, what are we doing here? They're like, the boss asked for us. We got to go. Waka, waka, waka. One guy's like, don't swear. I hate swearing. Um, and he like presents himself as being like a tough guy and he's going to be like super important moving forward. They spend all this time on this guy establishing that he hates swearing. Spoiler alert. This guy is so inconsequential. He dies almost off screen. Well, okay. Okay. So first of all, I actually really like his conversation. That was like one of the things I meant to bring up because, uh, I try not to swear too much. Um, and it's not because I'm a prude, but it's for similar reasons. Mm um so i actually really like that and especially in a movie you know which is just like pure gratuitous violence i don't know i thought that was pretty i thought that was way more insightful than this movie had any right to be uh and then the other thing is did you ever see the movie um the hunt no oh okay well you should well anyways uh i like movies that don't they don't tell you in traditional ways who the main character is like yeah okay because I, because, because, uh, it's almost like a, you know, it's like a almost like scream where it's like when you know the rules and you play by the rules, then there could be that element of, you know, it's just predictability. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so that's actually one thing I actually really like about this movie is, yeah, like, I, I mean, because w- w- when you start this movie, you have no idea who the main character is. And I mean, yeah. Ice T was, 
it was fairly big in 95. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's the first person you see. And so, you know, if you think, okay, it's not going to be ice tea, it's going to be one of these people. Uh, I actually thought that was pretty cool. I suppose I see where, I see where you're coming from. I did not get that vibe. That's uh, fair. That's fair. But it's, it's also because like all of the dialogue in this movie is like too cool for school. Like it's just it's as too- like pompous as like the, the spoke Therasustra opening like monologue. Oh yeah. Everyone is like talking way, coo- way like cooler than they should. Like this is, I, I think you kind of nailed it where it's like, ask a middle, like middle schooler what they think like cool dialogue would sound like. Yeah. And that's everyone talking in this entire movie, except for like Cam, the woman who just got accosted by those like three men in the previous scene that we discussed. I mean, it, you kind of alluded to it, but it's like uh, this movie is like the zeitgeist of 1990s action movie. Like, yes. if, if anybody wanted to like be like, what were the 90s movies like? It's like this movie is like it's wearing Jinkos. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it, this movie's listening to ICP and Ice T. Like this movie, like pogs. pure. Yeah, it's got yeah throwing pogs down. This movie's pure nineties. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, so they have this conversation. Um, there's like six characters in the car, uh, who are basically your main characters throughout through this film, including like a couple of that that are going to get introduced. So they are cleared to enter the prison. Prison. Yeah, they're all getting in. Uh. This guy drives up in a car with like a little girl. He's got blonde hair. It turns out that it's Raiden from Mortal Kombat. It is absolutely Raiden who, again, you know, so so the the, the trilogy that I tie this together is, so it was Highlander, mm-hmm. and then after he's done being an immortal, he decides to become a hitman, yep. and then Mean Guns, and then uh, at the end of this movie, uh, he, uh, similar to the Buddha, transcends to be the God of Lightning <laughs> yes, in exactly. Mortal Kombat, which I know came out in 95, but, you know, trilogies... They weren't made chronologically. Yep. So this is Christopher Lambert that we're talking about, uh, who was the Highlander from the Highlander movies. And then he was also Raiden in the Mortal Kombat movie. And he's also this guy named Lou in this movie. So he's there. And throughout the entire thing, it was just like, there's Raiden. Raiden's here. What's Raiden doing? What you doing now, Raiden? Especially because, I mean, he's got, you know, very well. So he's French, right? I think so. And yeah. And so like, you know, it's like, uh, I believe English is a second language and I've never seen any movie with him in French, but it's like, at least in English, like he doesn't do a whole lot of acting. He just like talks and is Christopher. I always said Lambert, but you're probably right. It's probably Lambert. Uh, and, I, uh, it's just like, you know, even like all of his laughs, right. Where he's like, <laughs> it's like, I'm like, yeah. Ray, you goofball. I love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> he is an American French actor. So it is probably there yeah, um, okay i believe that yeah so fucking raiden is here uh and they're all ushered inside uh they're stopped by a guy who like takes their guns from them um who's got like vampire teeth yeah uh doesn't, and- give, him a, doesn't give him a coat check ticket mm-hmm. either so there's no guarantee you're gonna get your gun back that yeah, should have exactly. that that set somebody off yeah so they all get their guns taken away except for this guy named marcus um who he walks up to this guy who I forgot to write, record his name, but I, I heard it the second time I watched it and I looked it up. Um, his name that they use is, uh, it's actually a Greek Egyptian god for the underworld. It's huh. not, yeah, it's a, it's a different religion than either the Greek pantheon, Egyptian pantheon. There was a Greek Egyptian sure. another religion and some, he was some, uh, Cleo, Cleopatra Mark Anthony's Anthony stuff. Yeah, so he was like, uh, he's 
the god of the underworld there this fits uh, into like uh something i forgot to mention is like every time like they refer to the prison over the over speakers like oh you're god. now free to enter purgatory uh, you know, it's like purgatory clearance has been lifted you're free yeah. to enter um yeah so it's like they go from, from like train 666 yeah purgatory this guy's the god of the underworld in a certain religion it's so um, dark. It's so yeah. dark. And, and, and it's deep. also like a kind of like, okay, we get it. Uh, got it. Yeah, got uh, it. Yeah, like Ice-T talked about um, redemption, right? That's what purgatory is supposed to be. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So he takes everyone's guns except for Marcus, uh, who says the uh, password. Oh, the, password. the password is green eggs and ham. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Yep. And he gets to keep his gun. Uh, and then the next guy who walks up is like, out of nowhere, who didn't hear this conversation, otherwise he would have also said green eggs and ham, obviously, to keep his gun. Uh, he walks up to the guy and he's like, who are you, Dr. Seuss? Or like, who are you, <laughs> Dr. Seuss? And I'm like, what is going on? Why did you refer to Dr. Seuss twice in two sentences? <laughs> I guess maybe the implication is like he heard the previous conversation, but wasn't smart enough to connect that it was a password, which is, I guess, yeah. a good password, right? Yeah. So it was just, that was so weird. And like, they... This guy, the guy who like mentions Dr. Seuss, also has Cam, the pers- the woman who was uh, accosted at the subway station. He's just essentially dragging her. Like, yes, he is. Probably yes. dragging her, not like on the ground, but he's like got her. Like, it's a similar like, thing. It's that arm drag that's like yeah, uncomfortable yeah. to watch. Oh yeah, yeah. So it, that really sucked. Um, there's a character named Barbie who is one of the six characters in the car. She's a. She really has like nothing to do with this, but she's with yeah. one of the guys. Yeah, so one of the guys, so she's like with this guy named Bobby who brought her along. He thought it was going to be a party. Turns out it's not. She wasn't supposed to be here. She's fucking Dante. Um, she, yeah, I was going to say she was supposed to be here today. <laughs> today, yeah. So she wasn't supposed to be here, but so she gets frisked and it's like overtly sexual, waka waka shit. Um, and so everyone goes down, they get to the next station. And they're given each person's given a card, uh, and the card has something on it. And you're uh, when you're first watching it, you don't know what it says, but basically they're given a card that tells them how they fucked up uh, or how they fucked over the syndicate. They all work for yeah. this. Yeah, all you know, all you know is that they're it's 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 presumably something bad because their reaction to what's on the card is not positive. Yeah, it's not positive. That's why the guy, the elevator attendant, like points guns at them to be like, "Get in the elevator." <laughs> oh, that was another thing I love about this movie is they're like. They're like deagles and deagles only. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, there's more than just deagles. There's, but, but like everybody, everybody has a deagle. And I do love that. Yep. So they're all ushered into the elevator. Uh, there's a really goofy scene where like these two guys were like the comedic relief. Like, uh, by goofy, you mean awesome. And it's Hobbs yeah. and Shaw, except I know their name is like Crow and Hobbs or something. Yeah. Right? Crow and, Crow and Haas. Yeah. Okay. Hobbs um, and Shaw and Hobbs yeah. and Shaw are the best part of this movie. I, I will agree with that. They're they're up there uh, for the best part of this movie. Um, they do like a really terrible dance. They do like the they stir the pot, stir the pot. Yeah, stir the pot. There's like a, there's mambo playing, so it's like, yeah. oh, like stir the pot. So it's like okay, these guys are goofy. You kind of established yeah. that. Everybody else is like too cool for school, but these guys they're silly. Yeah. Um, they get to the main meeting room where Ice T shows up, and he's yeah, like, is, it's it's really like the main prison. Yeah, know. area. Yeah, area. Yeah, he shows up and he's like, "You've all uh, fucked over the syndicate. You're all guilty. Uh, 
what we should have done is just killed you and then like covered you with lime and was like, yeah, that's what you should have done. Um, they kept it too easy, but yeah. I told them and they like they let me have this way that's more fun. Yeah, this overly complicated battle royale. Uh, so basically, everybody who's there has screwed over the syndicate. So to clean up the syndicate, they have established this battle royale in a prison that the syndicate owns the day before it's so it's, scheduled it's opening. Open. It's scheduled to open, um, which is insane because they then give everyone guns. Yeah, like what about all these bullet holes? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> give everyone guns, and they're like, "Hey, uh, the the three people who survived this are getting ten million dollars." To split uh, three ways, yeah. um, so you know, three point three three million dollars each, which is a you know. Uh, so he, they like drop all the guns on the floor. Everyone goes up to pick the guns and start shooting each other. They're all empty, um, and then they like then drop like bats and bullets on the ground. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And everyone like scrambles, picks them up, and like. 80% of the attendants of the party are then like killed in that one moment. Which yeah, I mean these people never play dodgeball in school. Like yeah, exactly. when you play dodgeball in school, like you 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 stay back. You don't run yeah. up to get the ball. That's a, that's a death sentence. Yeah, for sure. Um so people like split their they go their own ways, right? People are split up. Uh the first thing you see is like wait, wait, uh, let me pause real fast. For okay. those of you who thought this took a long time, uh, and uh, how long are these two going to talk about the plot of this movie? Don't worry, we're about to hit warp speed. <laughs> yeah, we are. Yes, absolutely. Um, <laughs> we normally spend a lot of times talking about like what happens in a movie. This is not going to be that. We just, I just, it's just familiar. It's like, it's like, it's like, man, they're really dragging this one out. It's like, don't worry, we'll, uh, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll cook fast soon. Yeah. So people split up. Oh my gosh, everyone split. So it's like you got Beavis and Butthead over here. The two guys we're talking about, uh, Crow yeah. and Haas. You got Raiden over here. You've got uh, dude. Even and this well, and here's the scene where where it is proves that it is a uh, uh, a sequel to Highlander. Is the yeah. dude like has like a sword fight with a yeah, baseball with bat with another guy? <laughs> yeah, like yeah. So Lou uh, Raiden um, <laughs> is like fighting someone with a baseball bat. They I guess neither of them have picked up guns at this point, and it is straight up a sword fight. Yeah. <laughs> Ching, ching, ching. Yeah, it, it absolutely is. That's I love it. I, I love that. Ice T even Ice T even uh, proves that he's a, a bona fide badass by yeah. building a guy too. I know he did have a, a line that I really liked. Uh, where yeah, as everyone's splitting off, Moon is involved in this. He is part of this competition. Um, and some guy comes up and he goes to fight him, and he doesn't have a gun or uh, he doesn't have a weapon, and the guy's just got a bat. And Ice T goes. Uh, why don't it's like, oh, do you want me to prove how bad I say I am? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. that's pretty cool. All right, yeah, yeah Ice T's I mean, legit in this movie. I mean, he's got another scene coming that we'll probably talk about, uh, but yes. uh, no, I, Ice T's legit in this movie, yeah. So, um, yeah, and he takes that guy down, obviously. Waka Waka. Um, so Marcus, for whatever reason, um, teams up with Cam, the woman from the beginning, uh, yeah, the, the, the woman that he cap that he helped, you know, yeah, capture, capture and also like hurt. Barbie, the woman who came with this guy named Bobby, they are split up. Um, Lou's on his own. Dee's on her own. This woman, there's also this woman who I, we haven't talked about yet, but she's got blonde hair and she's like too cool for school, just like everybody in this movie. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like there's not a whole lot of depth to Dee. Yeah, but, no. they, but they really try to make it so. Yes, I, yeah, absolutely. Um, so she's too cool for school. She's on her own. Um, 
the so we're gonna warp speed here there's a lot of like action scenes a lot of people like killing other people yeah it's it's like you, you know i'll talk about this later you probably will too but yeah i mean like there's a point where it's like it's a battle royale movie like yeah people kill other people contestants in like possibly interesting ways yeah and that's like a lot of it yeah yep that is a lot of it and so d marcus and cam all meet up and they join forces because like d respects marcus like marcus is like the big bad of yeah yeah he, yeah he is a big bad yeah and uh you know and they they you know it makes reasonable sense because you know there's three winners and so why wouldn't you align yourself with two other people yeah exactly um marcus for whatever reason has a vested interest in cam even though she's like she's an accountant she is not a murderer everyone else who's here is a like hitman for this mob can we say uh, a mean gun can we say yeah they're a mean gun they're a mean they're, gun, they're, they're a mean gun. Syndicate. um and yeah, so for whatever reason, he's protecting her. You don't know why. Yep. At the end of the movie, you don't know why. But um, so they're, they are on their own. They encounter Lou, who's Raiden. Uh, Raiden then like convinces them that they can like join forces. So it's, you know, four is better than three. And one of us is probably going to get popped along the way. So you might as well take me with you. Also, I'm kind of crazy. Like Lou has a moment where he like sees someone standing outside the like the room that he's in, and the person has like devil. He's got like wings, and then he's got got, like a shining moment too, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, where he sees like a kid, and the kid is like just freaking out. Like, yeah, he's creepy. He's movie creepy, freaking out. Um, and like, holy crap, what's going on? So like, they kind of establish that Lou is a character who's going through a psychotic break of some kind. Um. there's a possible explanation for it later with the pills that he takes. Yes. Yeah, yeah. He takes like Xanax, Ritalin, and something else. It's, uh, a, it's Ritalin, like- Prozac, and Adderall. No, mm-hmm. Ritalin, Prozac, and Valium. Breakfast of Champions. Yeah, Breakfast of Champions. <laughs> yeah. So I was like, this guy's clearly going through something. Like he is having like a break with reality, um, which I think they do a good job of showing that, where it's like you have this like. He looks out and sees this guy and he's got like wings and it's like, well, that's weird. That's kind of supernatural. And then he looks again and he doesn't have wings and it's like, oh, this guy's clearly actually insane. Um, yeah, the, yeah. In terms of in terms of Lou's insanity, uh, uh, similar to like the last episode of Firefly, I actually think that's something that this movie uh, did really well. Is I, I agree. I yeah. agree with that. It will, and um, also, and it could be something about you know Christopher Raiden's acting where it's just not quite right. <laughs> Yes. And uh, so maybe that maybe that's either like good casting or just a bonus, because yeah. anytime this guy's saying something like you just something's just weird and you're like, like that boy ain't right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yeah, exactly. That boy ain't right. E- yeah. And you I totally agree. Every time uh, Raiden says anything in this movie, Lou is his name, the movie. Um, it is just slightly weird. It's just not right. And. I, I thought that that helped establish that this character is like kind of going through a psychotic break. Yep. So they all join forces. The let's see, they join forces. Haas and Crow, or like Beavis and Butthead, as I'm taking the column in them in my head. Uh, oh, 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 and that, that they do say that in the movie because one of the girls is like, like, uh, no, they call him Dickface and butt, Butthead. Oh, that's right. I'm Dickface, he's Butthead. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Um, they're all on their own. The guy who was like, hey, don't swear at the beginning has been killed because he tried to like climb over the fence, even though he was told earlier, like part of the rules, like don't try and climb the fence. You're going to get shot by snipers. 
Wait, wait. He he's like he's a guy who was told to not swear, right? No, no. He's a guy who said, "Don't swear." No, I don't think so. I'm was pretty- it? Yeah. Oh, okay. You know what? You're probably right. And by the way, we did try to change the second screening to where we we watched the movie together right before <laughs> we recorded. But then I got super sick and went to the hospital. So yeah. <laughs> we're, we're we're doing it a week later, but it's still way better than we normally do, which is yeah. try to record it like three months later. After, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> So yeah, he gets shot uh, and by snipers. Actually, he had a moment earlier where D, um, that super cool woman, shoots him, and then like his lighter, lighter, yeah, bullet. And I'm like, that's not how lighters or bullets work. But okay, the uh, Zippo, yeah, maybe yeah. a twenty, maybe a twenty-two. But no, you're totally right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was like point blank range with like what I assume is a nine millimeter. It probably would have blown straight through that end as hard. Uh, probably a desert eagle. It was, yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> um, and so. Yeah, it's like that was kind of silly. And then he like immediately dies the next scene later. Uh, so it's like, okay, cool. You've spent all this time establishing that he was a cool character, quote unquote cool, uh, just for him to die in a really like non consequential way. Great. The four, I'm going to call them the four main characters, set up a trap, is kind of what's going on. After like a few scenes of like people like killing each other in interesting yeah. ways, battle royale goodness. Yeah. Battle royale goodness. And after they had the scene where, um, the cam the accountant woman is shown that she can't kill someone because she's just not that kind of person and that was uh, the demo man right yeah the demo man we call him the demo man because he looks like the demo man from tf2 he's a a black bald guy with a um iPad. IPad. yeah uh d forces cam at gunpoint to, to kill this guy uh she fails to do so and the guy's like just suffering he's just been like beaten with like a pan he got, like, time. He got, yeah he, he got a gut shot which is yeah. like you know not only will this kill you it'll hurt the entire time you're dying right so yep. um the lou raiden just shoots him and he's like what i just wanted to shoot him yeah, yeah. Uh, very very nonchalantly and i believe he says sorry couldn't help myself yeah exactly. too much fun yeah too much fun yeah like yeah. and everything he says is like fucking weird yeah so, it's like wow Great. yeah <laughs> Um, so they decide to set up a trap. Uh, Marcus goes on this like really long story about it's a Goldilocks and the three bears, except at some point he's like, but the, the three bears eat other bears. And then yeah, D like a smile on her face and she goes cannibal bears or cannibalistic yeah. bears. And then Lou's like, hell yeah, cannibalistic bears. Like everyone's in love with the idea that there's cannibalistic bears for that have and like, it's not that they're like, oh, I see where you're going with this, Marcus. They're like, no, yeah, hell yeah, this is, I'm into this. This is great. It, um, they they talk about cannibalistic bears the way, like, if you're, like, craving Italian food and somebody says, like, hey, do you want to go out to dinner? And be like, yeah, sure, where? And they're like, uh, uh I don't know. What's, like, an Italian place? Yeah, Olive Garden. <laughs> okay, the Olive Garden. You're like, yeah, the Olive Garden. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. yeah. Exactly. They're like, hell yeah. And then he's like, what we're going to do is we're going to have Goldilocks. We're going to see if Goldilocks has a trap. Then all the other bears are going to come and try and get Goldilocks. Then we're going to eat the bears. Um, And everyone's like, yeah, got it. Okay. In this scenario, Cam is supposed to be Goldilocks. And they call her Goldilocks. And then they're like, and what we're going to do is use the money as bait. So Cam isn't actually Goldilocks. Even though you just called her Goldilocks, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something else is the bait, not Goldilocks. Yeah. That doesn't like none of that makes fucking sense. The uh, the metaphor they they lost control of the metaphor pretty yes. quickly. Yeah, it <laughs> <fell apart> immediately. 
Yeah. So uh, they decided to set a trap. They're like, we're going to say that we have the money because um, the money is hidden somewhere in the, the jail. I, I forgot to say that earlier, but they're going to say, like, we found the money. We're going to say over the intercom that uh, we that have they, it. Yeah, right? we have it. And it's um, here, here. And we'll have it. Yeah. Shootout. Um, so they all go there. Uh, I forgot to mention a, a scene, and I'm going to go back really quickly because uh, we said that we would. Um, there's another scene of Ice T acting like a badass throughout, throughout this whole oh, thing. Oh yeah, he's sitting at his chess, chess table, board, chess yeah. board again, and this guy comes in. And he's like, he has a knife, and he's like, I want some answers. And Ice T is like, you know, you should have thrown that thrown by the knife by now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he's like, I want some answers, and he's like, you, well, you're not getting any answers from me. Also, you probably should have thrown that knife. And he was like, I'm going to get answered one way or the other. And then Ice-T throws his own knife at the guy. And he's like, I told you, told you. throw the knife. No, no throw hold it. Knife. <laughs> yeah, don't hold the knife, throw it. That, 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 scene is, uh, that scene is legit. Yeah, I, I thought that was great. I just wish that he, instead of him saying, don't hold the knife, throw it. If he oh. just said, I said, throw the knife. Like, it, like just kind of. Agreed. Bre- a little bit, yeah. Brev- brevity is the soul of wit. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. If he would have said, "I told you, throw the knife," that I think that would have that would have hit a little bit harder. Yeah, but, but yeah, that was really really cool. yeah. So they, you know, have everyone come and meet them, and there's a big shootout, and the teams kind of split at this point. Um, along the way, Haas and Crow have picked up Barbie. Hobbs and Shaw. Um, uh, yeah, Haas and yeah, Hobbs and Shaw picked up Barbie. And Barbie keeps asking for a gun, uh, and they're not giving her one. She slips like a Dillinger into like her panties, um, or like her, I think actually her stocking. Um, yeah, I think so too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so she's got a gun, and they don't know about it. But the weird part is, during the shootout, they're giving her their guns to reload, and it's like, okay, you don't want to give her a gun, but you're going to trust her with reloading your guns? Like, what are you, insane? Well, you know, Hobbs and Shaw. They, yeah, so... You know. Yeah. Um, throughout this, Crow, uh, one of the guys is like clearly starting to. He's infatuated with her. Infatuated with Barbie. And, like that's kind of getting set up. The other guy's all business. Yeah, yeah. The other guy is. Yeah, I mean, he wants to kill her, and then he does yeah. the. I mean, he basically uh, uh, does the predator, like you know, like she's your baggage. Yeah. And, uh, which which yeah. I loved. I appreciated that. Yep. Uh, I know Predator came out in '88, but I, I still consider Predator like a '90s action movie. But yeah, I agree. You know, but. But but yeah, he. Uh, uh, I actually really like the Hobbs and Shaw and Barbie dynamic. Like, I liked yeah. it as well. I, I I liked it as well. I think it was one of the the better parts of this movie. Um, I th- will say, uh, we'll get into this in just a moment. But um, I didn't. It didn't make any sense for like Crow to like give up his friendship with Haas over this girl that he just met. Like, Agreed. Was, so. Agreed. But, but the dynamic that they had earlier in the film, when they were first like getting to know each other, I I agree. I liked that. I thought it yeah. added like a little bit of like levity to a film that is just kind of heavy-handed overall. Right, <laughs> um, right, right. And yeah. yeah, we'll talk about that more later. Sorry, yeah. I didn't mean to jump ahead. But yeah, yeah. so uh, everyone split off um, during the shootout. Actually, uh, Bobby shows up and he's like Barbie, um, and then Hobbs and Shaw shoot him yeah and he like all down the stairs and they just like unload their magazines into this guy um and they're like okay we got him and then uh they come back from sh- like shooting bobby and uh barbie's like no bobby uh, um i'm so sad you i love you or whatever i guess um when they're like get over it 
they think that they've won because there's no one else around at the point. They're like, hey, we won. And Ice-T is like, you didn't win. Yeah, I, love, I do love it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, we're the only three left. And I, I think Ice-T is like, there's more asshole or something. Yeah, like, yeah. They, really had to, they really had to spell that out. And I think I love it. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty good. Um, so they leave and they're going to go try and find everybody else. Um, Bobby, the guy who just fell down the stairs and got unloaded on, then wakes up. Uh, which was outrageous to me, but he survived. He survived a onslaught of bullets. Yeah, I guess he's in. He's in a bad way, but yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's not. He's not unscathed, but he's like, he got like thirty rounds blown into him, and he still managed to get up. Okay, whatever. Um, remember how the one guy had lighters? He's had like his entire jacket was was all lighters. lighters. (laughs) It was like it was like chainmail, but it was called lighter mail. Yeah. In this movie, guns are either super powerful, where they like blow people off their feet, or they're the weakest things on the planet. Like there's, yeah, like, yeah, there's like no realism for like the damage a bullet can do. Yeah, yeah, you can be like, I mean, there's points in this movie, you know, during battle royale parts where somebody's just like running and gunning, and it's just like people are flying against walls, and it's like, oh, okay, sure, that's how we yep. do it. Okay, fine. So this is where things are going to get a little bit confused because this is kind of when the movie starts to it's trying to wrap up and it's also trying to like establish things in a weird way it's like this is now act three and we're now getting some explanation for things this is clearly Uh, like the hey uh, we have to be off set in about 16 hours so uh, let's wrap this crap up yep so all the teams are now separated the people who are together except for Hobbs and Sean Barb they're all together everyone else is now separated Uh, D is on her own Um, Lou is nowhere to be seen and Cam is on her own, and Marcus is doing his thing. Um, shortly thereafter, Lou, uh, like, we were following D. D's, like, trying to, you know, protect her back. And then, like, yeah. Lou drops down and then, like, garrotes her. And then she dies off screen. This character, we- the main character throughout this entire film, is killed off screen. And you never see her again. Point of order. Can we What's say that? the uh, solid snake her? Yes, he solid snake her. Yeah, for sure. Excellent. Um, yeah, so he just drops in, kills her, but you don't see her die, so she doesn't even get like the honor of her. Her death is implied. <laughs> yeah, her death is implied, and it's like, okay, great, totally inconsequential character. Then uh, she didn't have anything to do with anything. Um, Marcus then goes. You see Marcus next, and he's talking to the little girl that Lou Raiden um, drove in with. In and their convertible, who's been sitting in front of the prison the whole time. Yeah, and just hearing all these gunshots. Yeah. Um, and he has a conversation with her and basically like convinces the girl to join him. And so he's now on, like, the little girl is now on his side uh, for whatever reason. This little girl is like the most important person. Like, Which everybody, everybody who is important in this film has talked to this little girl. And we're 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 gonna address the like uh, pe- pedophilia undertones, right? Because like, yes. okay, because I like I I still to this day don't know. Okay, we'll get to that. Yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Um, so he has a conversation with her. Then like all of a sudden, like Lou's like shows up, and Marcus like hides really quick. Um, behind the car, yeah, right. Behind the car, and then he Lou leaves, and then the guy, the girl comes back, and uh, or Marcus, Marcus goes back to the girl girl and then like cam shows up and she points a gun at him and, she, and she's like i didn't even want to be here i'm just trying to leave and she's like i'm gonna leave be here today yeah and so she like fucks off uh she doesn't kill them the little girl and marcus 
And so the little girl's like, oh, Marcus, she didn't kill us. Like, she's a good person. And Mark is like, yeah, I got it. I'm, I'm abreast of the situation, uh, <laughs> basically. <laughs> and she then like, hey, uh, Marcus, will you kill that creep for me? Referring to Lou. And she, he's like, hell yeah, I'm going to do it. So apparently this girl, who is the adopted daughter of Lou, immediately turns her back on Lou and oh, this person I, who that she doesn't know and then is like, hey, kill this guy. I mean, I mean, so I guess later on, it's even more confusion is added to this scenario. But yeah, yeah. I guess you're right at this point. Because I mean, you assume it's his daughter, right? Yes. Like, you assume it's his and daughter. Then, and then at that point, when she's like, hey, kill that creep, then you're like, okay, I guess that she's not his daughter. Or, or that and she... Then, yeah, or she hates him, yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, okay, weird. All right. Um, Marcus catches up with the cam. She gives him, like, the, or they talk about the pictures that were taken and who took them, blah, blah, blah. That kind of establishes, like, what is going on, that sort of thing. Who, who betrayed who? And it turned out to be Bobby, the guy who got shot in the stairwell. Um, so Marcus is like, stay here. Here's my phone. I, the only pick it up for me. That's it. And so she stays where she is. And Which, by the way, again, for all of our younger folks listening, like the 90s were all about tele- telescopic photos of people doing like drug deals. Like that was like, that yeah. was like the quintessential evidence in the 90s. Yeah, that was all the pictures <laughs> were was like either people doing drug deals or like murder. Yeah. And it's always like, it's always like picture one, both hands in pockets. Picture two with the sound is like yeah. hands out. Picture three is like passing the drugs and the money. Ka-chirk! Picture four is like them taking them both. And like, that was like, that was case closed in the nineties. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Marcus then comes back to the car, gets a little girl and they go to the, where the, money is like yeah, where money is yeah I, because because ice t tells him it's on the third floor locker room or whatever. yeah because he's like yeah. let's put this thing up we only got so much time to be here uh it's here right it's at the third floor locker. so uh marcus then goes and finds the three briefcases and his thing says uh his card where it's like at the beginning everyone's gonna have a card and it says like hey this is how you fucked over the syndicate his says you're the one who's supposed you're the only one who's supposed to live uh, one of these is going to explode. One of these is a blast. Yeah, one of these is a blast is what it says. And so he determines that one of the briefcases, figures out which one is, is a bomb, leaves that one and takes the money and leaves with a girl. Hobbs, Shaw, and Barbie show up moments later and they see the briefcase and Barbie asks for a gun again. Uh, the guy who's all business with a the guy who's yeah, yeah. for in regards to Barbie, not about anything else, um, is like, uh, no, hell no. And then uh, the other guy, exactly. Crow, is like, give her a gun. And then they have this fight. And then basically falling out, it's like, all right, partner. Like, they're, they're like, we're going to have a showdown at the OK Corral. That's, God, that's literally right. what they say. <laughs> uh, they do. It's so good. Yeah. And it's like, if you draw first, she doesn't get a gun. Does he say some like slaps leather or something? Or is yeah, that- like let's slap leather, <laughs> partner. This is gonna be the only way I will. Reser- I will. Uh, this is gonna be the only way I will refer to resolving disputes. Yes, by slapping leather. leather. Yeah, exactly. So that was yeah, great. Um, so they're they're gonna do it. And they're like, I don't want to do it. And it's like, we got a partner. 
Um, and it's like, okay, great. You're throwing away your partnership and friendship with this person over this woman who you just met. Uh, so they count down to three, three, two, one. And then Barbie stands up and pulls out the gun that she had because she had, had a, little, gun had a little derringer. Yeah. Shoots the other guy. Um, who then the, the business guy, yeah, yeah, the business guy. Uh, so she shoots over Crow's shoulder, shoots him. His gun goes off and hits Crow, and he's like, a, he's like laying, and um, he gets shot as well. Yeah, uh, he gets shot yes. in the gut, but he's like now laying down, and uh, Barbie comes up and puts her foot down on like over him and like points a gun at him, and he's like, "You're probably you're, gonna shoot me dead as Dickens, dead as Dickens, aren't you?" And she goes. Dead as Dick Dickens. And he dies. <laughs> he, she shoots him, but it's like off screen. So it's like, okay, great. Um, she then goes, picks up the briefcase that you, the audience, knows is a bomb. Is a blast. Is a blast. Yeah. Takes it off screen and it blows up in this really like, like stupid, like small, like it's basically a flashbang explosion. Yeah, like you know, there's somebody standing behind that wall, and like when she ran by, they like threw like a smoke bomb that you would buy yeah. on like yeah, the Fourth yeah. of July. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Like, really, like just awful, like small explosion, like where you assume this is going to be like a like a briefcase full of like C4 or something. It's just this really mediocre explosion, and then she like comes back on stage. Her hair on fire. Her hair is on fire, and her face is uh, all black. black, like a freaking like, Looney Tunes cartoon. Exactly right. <laughs> I wrote down in my notes, I was like, she got a Looney Tune death. Like, yeah. Why did she get a Looney Tunes death? Like, it's like this. Just disrespect for women is like this is the peak of it in this movie, where she looks like fucking Sylvester uh, <laughs> the cat. After he like swallowed a bomb and like oh, that's, a, that's a perfect way to do it. Yeah. yeah, and then like she runs around for a little bit with her hair on fire, and then like somehow punches her way through a sheet metal like thing that's right next to her. Like it's, it's a, a locker. She yeah. she headbutts a locker so hard. So hard which, by the way, they're they're next to a shower. Yes, but, yeah, but yeah. her her choice is to try is to headbutt a locker, which she does succeed at yeah. putting her her head through the locker. And then dies that way. Yeah, and dies in there <laughs> somehow. And it's like, why? Why did she get this like so cartoonish, like idiotic death? It was so bad. I hated it. Man, remind me to talk about this later because this is actually a uh, 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 this is actually a, a very interesting thing that I love about the Second Screen Podcast. Is <laughs> until you said that, I had not thought about it, but I now have thoughts on it. So yes, exactly. yeah, 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 right. Yeah. All right. <laughs> So she's done. Marcus and the girl come back for some reason and then I leave. Think, I, I assume that they were waiting for somebody to grab the case. Yeah. Assuming yeah. they hear the explosion. Then they come back, you know, and then go to leave. Yeah, they go to leave. I don't know why they came back. It was really weird. Um, and so uh, he, Marcus, then takes a girl back down to the car, puts some money in the car, tells her to wait into it, um, and then he goes to a final standoff with Ice T, Raiden, and Cam. Yep. He calls Cam also and is like, hey, come to this place, the starting yeah. place. Um they like Ice T's there, like they're the last three. Like and Cam's like, we won. And it's like, no, that's there's four of us. Yeah. There's four of us, and also there was never going to be three wins. Waka waka waka. Um waka waka, yeah. It turns out that we got a 
clean everything up. So, and by uh, clean everything I, up, he literally means we have to clean this prison up, all the blood and, and things. Because yeah. seriously, this thing is opening tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> it's like when you have a party yeah. at your parents' house. Like, hey, uh, we can't have the trash here. Somebody's got to drive to a school and throw in the dumpster. But yeah. seriously, we got to clean up. So yeah, they've got to clean up the hundreds of people who've died here. And then also all the bullet holes and everything. Spackle. That's Spackle. He's got Spackle yeah. ready to go. Yeah, problem. exactly. Yeah, no problem. So they have a standoff. Uh, it turns out that Moon is like, uh, Ice-T is like, I gotta die anyway. Or if I die, I die. But So the- wait, wait. I have an actual question here. Yeah. Like plot standpoint. So yeah. the way I understood Ice-T's explanation uh, you know, he's got... A, so Ice-T has a briefcase full of Desert Eagles, of course, and he, he hands them out to the remaining four things. The way that I actually understood this movie, I only bring it up now because it's possibly plot uh-huh. important, yeah. was, was, was... So originally, you think that Ice-T was running this show yes. of these people who had betrayed the syndicate. But now he says, like, they were just going to kill us all, and I told them to do this. And so... And I could be remembering this wrong... I was also kind of sick, but it's like, is the implication not that Ice T was also betrayed the syndicate? It's not. I thought it was okay. I could. I thought it was as well the first time I watched it. But okay, okay, okay. So what what he explains to Marcus and Lou and everyone is that, um, or at least it happens at some point. Like who cares? Um, it was uh, he hasn't betrayed the syndicate. But he knows that the syndicate is going to come after him at some point. Oh, no, yeah. It's like there's, you know, there's no rest for the wicked. Sure. At some point, I'm going to be taken out by the syndicate. So it might as well I go out in a blast. Ah, okay, sure. Yeah. Fair enough. Okay. He actually hasn't done anything wrong to okay. the syndicate, but he knows eventually he's going to die somehow, and he would rather just go out on his own. Uh, well, yeah, with all yeah. of these 100 mean guns. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Okay. Yep. Proceed. Proceed. So he passes out guns to everyone, and he's like, "All right, on a count of three, we're gonna shoot." Um, and it counts down. He's like, three, two, and then Marcus shoots Cam, and then uh, Lou goes to shoot Marcus, and it turns out that Lou Raiden, uh, his gun was not given any bullets. Click, 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 and then Marcus shoots him, uh, which you then think he's dead. Not. Um, you think that he's dead, and then him and Ice-T have a standoff. I think this is when Ice-T explains, like, I wanted to go out on my own rather than the syndicate choosing when to take me out. Ah, fair enough. Yeah, so this is when he has that explanation, actually. Um, they have a showdown. Marcus then shoots the gun and kills uh, Ice-T, but Marcus has been, like, shot in the stomach. Um, so well, he, and that, that, you know, Ice-T, I do like the part where Ice-T's like, I used to be faster than that. <laughs> he's like, you need to He's like, gotta practice, buddy. And he's like, yeah, I should practice more. I need to practice more. And then he just like dies. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, that's actually kind of sad. But um, then Lou coughs again. And Marcus walks over and he's like, uh, I was trying to the Highlander. Yeah, to the Highlander. And he was like, I was trying to do good. I was trying to do good for my girl. Like, they, you know. The Highlander says it. The Highlander says this. He's yeah. like, I was trying to do good for my girl. Like, she was my real girl. And like, they, like did something to her. Uh, okay, wait. Oh, oh, wait. I'm sorry. That was the other thing I meant to bring up. Yeah, at some point, Ice T is like, because okay, Ice T kind of explained about 
Lou Raiden. He's like, yeah. yeah, you were like a super great killer, but at some point you went crazy. And they're like, we get yeah. it. Like your daughter was raped or and murdered yes. or something, yeah. right? Uh, yeah, that is that was important. I did I did re- like yes. So uh Lou his thing, his card said that he kills little girls. He I think what happened was that he killed he was going to go and kill the person who had like abducted and raped his daughter. Um, and then he went and, uh, that his daughter died in the, during that thing. And so this new girl is just some girl that he picked up to be his like daughter. Like abducted, right? Like yeah, kidnapped. abducted. Yeah. He kidnapped this, this girl. And that's how you realize like, oh, she actually doesn't like him. Yeah. Uh, she wants him to be dead. Um, yeah. So Lou went crazy after his daughter died, uh, whose daughter was like, five something like that right yeah, oh, similar like age or something, yeah, yeah. something like that. But she was a child and was like raped by someone which is incredibly bad and then died during like the excursion um this is something i want to talk about a little bit this they actually have an extended cut of this movie really yeah or there's supposed to be an extended cut i think there's like a longer cut of this movie where they it, uh, similar to academy award-winning suicide squad it might be, but they actually explain Lou's backstory way more. It's in like I, I saw it in like some trivia somewhere. Do we have uh, to like do we have to like hike in like a mountain and like <laughs> find the secret? To, yeah, like a monk has the copy on VHS. Probably, honestly, probably. So yeah, apparently there's like this whole much like they cut out a bunch of Lou's backstory. The question Which, I by have, the way, this movie is an hour and forty four minutes long. Yeah. Like <laughs> <laughs> I know the idea, the idea that they had to cut, leave some scenes on the editing room floor to keep this movie brief is amazing. Yes. Uh, and also there's so many scenes that they could have cut out to add this plot point that would make, make the movie make way more sense. Uh, but they did. Yeah. So, uh, he's like, there's my, my daughter and blah, blah. And, uh, Louis, or Marcus is like, yeah, but you started going crazy. So we had to put you down. So they then, shoot each other uh, you know you know real represent uh, real uh recognizes real and so they kill each other yeah, so yeah. Mar- marcus and mark yeah they have like a death pact right yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah so they're now dead uh cam wakes up she'd only been shot in the shoulder by the way d had been shot in the shoulder earlier but like it didn't seem to bother her well which in uh, uh i i was gonna bring this up later but uh, uh the only element of blood that you see in this movie is d's shoulder Yes. Which is clearly yeah. corn syrup. Yes, it's corn syrup. Yeah. <laughs> clearly. Um, <clears throat> so Cam has been shot on the shoulder. Turns out Marcus was planning to shoot her there the entire time, so she's free to go. The little girl explains all this, so she, Cam wakes up and the little girl's there, and she's like, Marcus said that he was going to shoot you in the shoulder so you wouldn't die. Uh, isn't that fun? Um, let's go. <laughs> and so yeah, like, they yeah. leave, uh, get into the car, the only car that now exists, which is the fucking, like, Lou's car. Um, and she's like, are you my new mommy? And the Cam's like, I guess I, I guess am. So. Yeah. So I didn't want to be here today at all, and now I've got this child to take care of, but I got $10 million, so I, I was going to say, also, like, for an accountant to have $10 million and, like, a kid, like, yeah. I'm sure she's already run the math. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, okay. yeah, all right, fine. She yeah. turns on the radio, and there's Mambo playing, and she's like, do you like this? And the girl's like, of course. Mambo? Who doesn't Mambo? like Mambo? <laughs> and 
they drive away and this song that's playing is called adios uh and i really like it i actually listened to it later it's a really great song sure uh, it's playing adios and they drive away and that's it end of the movie yep uh okay so we're going to take a short break and then we're going to come back and talk about our first impressions our second impressions and then grade the movie all right yep. see you there yep Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed your break like we did. Uh, I had to go refill my drink. I'm, I, I believe Matthew will do the same. I did, and uh, hopefully you got a word from our sponsors. Yeah, exactly. Ben, can you uh, get some sponsors? Yeah, please, please Ben. <laughs> go ahead and put them in there, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, okay, so uh, let's get started on our second screening reviews. Uh, Matthew, why don't you give us your initial impressions of Mean Guns? Okay, sure. So my initial impression is the first screening, as you will, to keep with the theme. Uh, it probably was about maybe 10 years ago from uh, our buddy Matt. Uh, and um, I loved it. Uh, I absolutely loved it. Um, I'm a huge fan of uh, Battle Royale movies. Mm-hmm. I think you probably kind of called me on that. Um, which, by the way, hilariously, uh, you know, I'm going to say that. Forget that. But okay. uh, I mean, <laughs> I'm a fan of Battle Royale movies, and I love Christopher Lambert. Uh, mm-hmm. Probably Lambert, because I like Highlander a lot. Watched it when I was a kid. Um, so I loved... I, I well, The first time I watched it, I just loved it, because it was pure ridiculousness. And it was the love... It was similar to like my love of like the Street Fighter movie, mm-hmm. uh, which is not a good movie. or And also, maybe my love of the Mortal Kombat movie uh, uh, probably bled over into this uh, more than it should have. Yeah. Uh, and... Uh, so I, I really loved it the first time. Um, I don't know. I'm just a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of any sort of battle royale movie and any sort of movie that has like a limited setting. I think movies more like Cube are probably mm-hmm. better examples of that. Or um, what are like other big? I, I know I've talked about this before on the podcast. What are like other big single setting movies? Basically plays, I guess. Right? We yeah, I'm trying. To, um, I can't think of. Yeah, neither can I. But uh, but no, the first time I, I really enjoyed it. But but you know, having watched it a second time, I'll get to it. And then you having brought up some points, uh, my opinion uh, uh, did change. So okay, yeah. Uh, so for my initial impression, I watched it. I think the first time two or three weeks ago. Um, I actually procrastinated watching this movie for a while, just for whatever reason. There was just I got the sense there was something about this movie that I wasn't going to love. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I like dumb action movies. Don't get me wrong. Like I love really fun ones. Uh, but my prediction was correct. Like <laughs> she, uh, Sheila and I sat down and watched this. And I think from the get go, Sheila immediately hated this movie. I was trying to give it, uh, you know, the benefit of the doubt. I was like, sure, sure. No, you know, like let's try and extract whatever fun from this we can. Right. Uh, and it was no, it was just pure awful. It was so bad. I actually like. I really. I really didn't like it. Uh, it was like it was kind of a slog getting through it. Like nothing made sense. None of the characters made sense. I felt like everyone was like tr- too cool for school, but also like their dialogue sounded stupid. But it was like, like I said earlier, it was like a middle school take on what like coolness is. Like, yeah, every- yeah. If you if you were to ask an uncool person what they think cool people sound like, it would be what everybody said in this movie, with the exception of Hobbs and Shaw, who are legitimately yeah. cool. Yes, yeah, I, I agree. Um, I did like them. I thought they were fun. Uh, I, you know, it was just, I did not like it, I'll be honest. I really just did not care for this movie. Like, uh, we watched it um, downstairs 
like so it was like nice we were on the couch we you know i had some beverages but even that like just did not it was oh boy it was so i get through so uh, okay you raise a good point i should talk a little bit more about what i liked about it in the first <laughs> screening so and again like i watched it a decade ago so my memory is not my memory is not the best ever mm-hmm. and then especially a decade ago uh, I definitely remember liking Hobbs and Shaw when mm-hmm. I first watched it. I mean, the 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 scene where they're in the elevator and like the, it's that first scene you allude to mm-hmm. uh, before they stir the pot. Like they're going up and it's playing it's elevator music, but it's mambo music, yeah. and they both like look at each other, and then you're like, uh oh, are they gonna you know kill each other or kill everyone in the elevator? And then they immediately both start stirring the pot. Like, I'm a huge fan of those shenanigans. Yeah, I agree. And like, and I, I will also, like, I did, like, at, in the same scene, uh, they're standing at the front of the elevator side by side. And they talk to D for a second. Mm-hmm. And, and D, like, brushes them off and, like, pushes past them. And, like, really, like, kind of, like, violently pushes past them. And they both, like, look at each other. And at the same time, they say, she wants us. Yeah. Anybody who knows me, which, you know, I've married a person who's been a guest on this podcast. Yes. Like the idea of being like, she wants me. I love them. I love yeah, the confidence. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. agree. Yeah, I really the, like the, the totally undeserved confidence. Is just, yes. So I loved Hobbs and Shaw because I realized like the, the podcast is called Second Screening. I need to put more depth into sure. actual screenings. Yeah. Um, I like that it was a battle royale movie. And I didn't mean to interrupt you on that, any of this, by the way. No, go ahead. It's fine. Um, uh, I liked Ice T. Uh, I liked Christopher Lambert, like mm-hmm. Lambert again. Uh, kind of what I alluded to before. Uh, either because they just did good casting, or because he's a good actor. Just everything he does, something is not right, and that's the exact character he's playing. Right, even the Syndicate, like later, is like, hey, you're like a you're like a number one stunner, but mm-hmm. like even we know something ain't right with you, and like you're kind of a liability by now uh and, yeah. and and so i i like that as well um uh eh, uh yeah others i like gratuitous violence but there was mm-hmm. no gratuitous violence in this movie and what i mean by that was really like the only blood and and i don't know if this is actually a good question to ask sean because i think it's probably similar to the exploding briefcase is um i really felt like they were on like a super tight budget and mm-hmm. like it's like uh you know, is that why all the guns are super fake because they didn't want to use blanks for fear of, I don't know, uh, being in an enclosed space. And, and then, uh, you know, the only blood, I swear the only blood you see is on D's arm and it's clearly like corn syrup or ketchup. And, uh, and so like, even like, you know, I mean, like I've definitely watched my fair share of, you know, I'm a gore whore. So like, I've definitely watched my fair share of like gratuitous violence movies. And like, this doesn't even scratch that itch. Um, but, but I do like the the battle royale nature of it. But it, it, this movie is pure nineties, and uh, the nineties don't stand up super well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And something I I did want to touch on in my initial screen. One of the things I I noticed was this movie feels like it's shot like it's a fucking um, Macy's Playground music. Like everything is like the lighting is so bright. Like all the lights. Like anytime the sun is out, it's like too bright. Ah, yeah, you yeah. Know? It's dim on the inside, but then if there's any light, it's like brighter than like God. Um, this, it, was, uh, it was so weird to like look at everything. It was like so stylized, and it was like they were clearly trying to be cool, and that made it not cool. Obviously, 
you're uh, i mean i i think i think i think you know, i think you and i if we weren't friends back then i think we at least knew each other it's like you know we had friends who you know would have a digital camera and like we would film action scenes and we were like in middle school yes. and high school right yeah yeah it, it it really felt like that kind of movie yes i agree i totally agree um i mean yeah we do know someone both of you and i from that time frame who was making movies it was drew gamble yeah yeah, yeah, and like because it, it, it feels that it, it really had that amateur feel, which, by the yeah. way, I don't think is bad. Um, yeah. There are certainly movies that I like that have that amateur feel, and you can do it. I um, agree. And but uh, I was making a choice to do that, and because they thought it was cool, and I will say, like, they were trying to be cool, and it is patently uncool. Anytime we, you try. Uh, is it fair to say, uh, you know, we've compared this movie, or at least we've made jokes. We haven't compared it. I'm sorry. We've made jokes about Clerks. You know, I wasn't even yeah. supposed to be here today. And, you know, Clerks, uh, I think you could say was uh, started maybe the independent movie in Hollywood. Uh, yes. But Clerks, uh, it, it felt like it was done both out of necessity, but also out of an independent choice. Mm -hmm. And I think that choice made the movie better. Yes. I and this this movie felt like it. I don't think they. I mean, the you know part of the Matthews factuals was Christopher Lambert was paid two point five million dollars. Yeah, yeah. And so it's like they they were short on money. So yes. <laughs> yeah, clearly they weren't short on money. They had like I see Christopher Lambert and like everyone else who was into it is was like doing work during the time. They weren't like big name stars outside of like Ice T was pretty big. I see huge. I, I mean, like outside of Ice T. I mean, outside no, of Ice T and Christopher yeah, Lambert. You, those were the two big, but everyone else was also doing work, so it wasn't like they had like no budget. I'm actually yeah. Uh, and then and again, uh, only because I said I would talk about it uh, uh, earlier, and this is, again is is one of the things I like about the second screening. I know I'm jumping the gun a little bit here. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I definitely felt uncomfortable about the violence against women. Uh, yeah, the first time, but I couldn't I couldn't pin it on it because I didn't have anybody to talk about it. And again, it was a decade ago, so maybe I was less cognizant to those things. But mm -hmm. on the second screening, like they actually, uh, it actually made me uncomfortable. Yeah. And uh, what, so well, why don't we jump into a second screening? Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah. That's good. Second. Go yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So second screening, yeah, it made you uncomfortable. I totally agree with you. Uh, go on. Like, what else did you like talk about your second screening experience a bit more? Okay. So yeah, second screening and it was a week ago, which, you know, I think, I think allows me to offer an interesting perspective because my first <laughs> screening was like a decade ago. My second yeah. screening was a week ago. Um, I definitely enjoyed it a lot less. Um, mm -hmm. uh, and, and, and I think part of it is, so, you know, I, I'm a self-admitted, uh, battle royale movie lover. So, I mean, and there's, you know, uh, so many of them. I mean, interestingly, you know, battle royale, the Japanese movie is probably in my view, the standard battle royale movie. Yeah. It's, it's, battle royale, but I love it. But yeah, like like it, it's a battle royale movie, but it's also like a great movie. And like that movie came out three, either two or three years later, depending on where you live. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't even like there was like twenty years of refining this movie genre. Like that movie was probably being made at like the same time. Yeah, but like, probably. but like like battle royale is like such a good movie. And I mean, I okay, like. The Hunger Games, like when people described this to me, I was like, "You mean you mean Battle Royale?" And I get it, like that's kind of a trope. Hunger Games is fine. Uh, the second Hunger Games, I actually really liked, um, but uh, and I've seen more than my fair share of B Battle Royale movies. Uh, and but I don't know, maybe I've just watched more of them since I watched it the first time. But this is like 
This is not a good battle royale. <laughs> that was actually something I wanted to bring up, and I'm glad that you did. I was like, I was going to say, I think that like after seeing, I see what this movie is trying to do, and if I hadn't seen any movie like this before, I thought I think this actually would have been a fun movie. But because I've seen better and funner movies that are like this, both both being like gore porn, not gore porn, but uh, it's not Saw, right? But it's um. But like movies that are like ultra violent but fun, or battle royale movies that are good. Watching this, you're like, oh, this actually sucks. Yeah, uh, yeah, because there's nothing redeeming about this movie yeah. when it comes when it only when it comes to the battle royale format, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. The only thing you could possibly say was that, um, so like, uh, you know, you know, I like cyberpunk, and so. Yeah. You know, uh, a neuromancer was like, mm-hmm. it basically created the cyberpunk genre, but Snow Crash did it way better, like eight years later. So, yeah. like, I'm not a huge fan of Neuromancer, but I respect Neuromancer because, mm-hmm. because it created a genre and it did it fine. But then somebody else came along eight years later and did it way better. Yeah. But, like, I maybe you could say this, like, defined the, I, but I, I don't think this defined the battle royale. And it, even then, it's still not good. Yeah. Yeah. Um <laughs> and uh yeah, so that watching it the second time and it, again maybe it's just I just paid more attention, but I was like, man, I was like, this isn't even a good battle royale movie. I still loved parts of it. Like mm-hmm. I love Hobbs and Shaw. Like I I, I think Hobbs and Shaw should have got their own spin-off called Hobbs and Shaw. And it should have happened twenty five years later. And it should star those two. I love them. Yep. Um uh and 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 that point you like uh when you raised it like it it really was kind of what we alluded to before where it's like okay if violence occurs indiscriminately like <laughs> it is what it is but yeah like it seems so personal against yeah. women like in an uncomfortable way cuz yeah against i think i think you i think you said the word professional earlier <laughs> and i think that's the key to me is like all, uh, with the exception of the demo man, which which had a point in the movie, so I don't fault it for that. But yeah, like everything else was like, I respect you as a professional mean gun, uh, <laughs> except for all the violence against women. That just I, I did not like that. It left a bitter taste in my mouth. Which I'm curious in my mind. I don't know that I'm in a state to analyze that. Is 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 that like me maturing? Is it society maturing? I don't know, right? Because again, yeah. I watched it the first time ten years ago, right? Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, that's kind of my thought about that. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, something that's an interesting thought. Uh, I would be interested to hear what you think, like where where you know, the difference lies. I mean, um, I guess okay, okay, okay. You, did you ever? I'm, I'm sure you did. You watched um um um. Uh, is it tomorrow never dies? Or the world is not enough. It's tomorrow never dies. You watched Tomorrow Never Dies, right? With James Bond, the I second Pierce Brosnan. No, I didn't see that one. Okay, well, I I guess we should add it to the list. Okay, well, uh, <laughs> I'll be honest. I'm not. Uh, this is going to sound maybe blasphemous. I know what it is to you, but I'm not the biggest James Bond fan. Hmm. Slightly blasphemous. Yes. Okay. I'm, at I'm some point, I still, like I just they're not fun for me for some reason. They just never like caught my fancy. Okay, fair enough. At some point, anyways, in the movie, the guy's like, I'm just a professional doing a job. And James Bond is like, so am I. And then he kills the guy, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there, the, that, it, kind of what you said, like, there's like a, a level of mutual respect where it's like, yeah, like a guy totally just shot another guy in the face, but there's like a respect to it. Yeah. And I think like this movie, like, it didn't really seem to like respect women D a little bit, except like mm-hmm. you said she like died off screen and like, uh, 
And they 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 alluded to the Garrett earlier. There was a scene where you know the Highlander was like laying against a guy who he clearly yeah. Garretted. The Garrett was around him, but so I didn't think it was the Garrett per se. It was no, the fact, it was, yeah. Just, it was the fact that she died off screen. I felt yeah, like yeah. And uh, and and I don't I don't remember that feeling the first time I watched it. But again, that was like ten years ago. But I definitely had that feeling the second time. Um, so that's that's a I don't I, I know it's an interesting. Uh, I don't know societal commentary, possibly or not, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I definitely uh, I, I did not enjoy it as much the second time. The first time, I guess I didn't know what to expect, yeah. uh, uh, and I think my love of battle royale movies um, really filled in gaps. And the second time, I, I just don't think I felt that. Yeah, I, I can dig that. You know, it's like it's something where you're like, I love this genre, but there aren't a lot of examples of the genre, and so you kind of like look past a lot of the problems where you're like i just need to see more of this sort of thing there's like not a lot right at the time i so. i think honestly i think that's probably what happened because i i've certainly watched you know i mean you know the uh what, what's that wwe movie I actually like that movie it's called like the island or something oh i don't know oh god i can't remember right now in my state but uh no i've certainly watched i mean you know any sort of prison movies like breakout movies like there's a decent amount of uh battle royale movies and i think i've just watched a lot more and i was like man this could be made a lot better our our second screening experience we did it together we both mm-hmm. watched it and uh we were on discord together um and <laughs> so this is actually sheila's joke but uh for matthew your second screening experience was that mean guns was so bad it put you in the hospital <laughs> Yeah, it, the uh, while I was like waiting to get an IV, I thought about that. Yeah, I was like, I was like, because because for the audience, I I was just like super sick and I like couldn't drink water for like two days because I just kept throwing up, so I had to go to the ER. And yeah, like uh, I I powered my way through, and uh, like even at the end, because again, like we had originally been like we're gonna watch it and then re- record right after, so it's oh, fresh. Yeah, and like I was like I was like trying to get through the end and then it got to the end i was like hey buddy uh i kind of want to record but uh i think i'm gonna throw up and then yeah. <laughs> i went to the <laughs> hospital <laughs> yeah it was like i'm like all right we're gonna record and you're like i'm gonna go throw up bye and then yeah, i was like it was like see ya <laughs> so yeah uh so my yeah that was my experience um it was so good that it, it put was, me in the hospital yeah exactly <laughs> um so my second screening experience was much like my first one it was just it was so hard to uh i just didn't love it i was trying to like but there was something i i will say when i when it first started i liked it more the second time at first sure okay okay i know like what to expect i know what the beats are i know what you know what kind of movie this is versus the first time you're still trying to like suss it out the movie's right right yeah you're, you're feeling it out the first time yeah exactly uh then like halfway through the movie i was like fucking just and just end already. <laughs> so it was kind of interesting. At first, I thought it was like, oh, maybe this is just a fun, dumb movie. And then, like, it was, it's just so bad that I couldn't even, like, stand on that. So I was like, all right, no, this is just so terrible. Um, I will say the nice thing was that uh, Sheila bought me a um, massage chair uh, thing so I can put it on my, my chair and it will massage me. Yeah. So it's like a, a, a thing. I don't know. So I, I know and, what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so while we were watching this movie, I got a massage, which was very nice. I very much enjoyed that. Is that the new standard? We have control for the massage now. Yeah, oh, maybe. <laughs> you have to go back. You have to go back and watch Academy Award winning Suicide Squad. Get a massage, massage now. Yeah. Um, 
but you know, from a second screen experience, that was very nice. I very much enjoyed it. <laughs> so, so the big takeaway is uh, the second time I need to watch any movie, I need a massage, massage from, yeah. the, from the director. So that was good. Um, so I took some notes the second time, and I'm kind of gonna I'm gonna run through these. Something I noticed the first time, but I I wrote it down the second time is that uh-huh. at the beginning of the movie, there's this scene where it's like a new prison is being created. But it, yep. I noticed it. I actually noticed this the first time. If you read the text of the article of the newspaper, it doesn't say things like, you know, like lorem ipsum, blah, blah, blah. It's not like bullshit. It's actually an article about this new uh, thing that's being built. Ah, okay. It, the article misspells the word prison. <laughs> it, 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 it's prison. Did you, uh, did you enhance that? Good no, it was right on screen. I'll, wow. I'll, Good for you. Yeah, I was like, I'm like, oh, what is it? Like, I'm gonna see if the article has anything interesting. And then immediately just like, it stood out Princeton. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? This movie has a, a typo in the newspaper that I created. Fair enough. Okay. So uh, okay. The second time when he was like talking about redemption, uh, when I see was talking about redemption, he says like, oh, how do you separate the wheat from the sh- uh, chaff? Uh, sh- yeah, chafe. Uh, wheat from the chafe. Um, which is, you know, the stuff you want uh, versus, versus yeah, you know, like stock or something. I yeah. Corn iced tea said wheat from shaft, and that was hilarious to me. Um, I I, I, wrote it down. I I feel like my subtitles might have said shaft, which I mean, the, I mean, in their defense, it could be there's some AI bot mm-hmm. writing this, you know, subtitles. Well, no, well, wait, the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed in the early 90s, right? It was passed under H.W. Bush, so. Yeah. So, yeah, no, it should have been, like, actual subtitles, like, from, like, a human being. Yeah. Um, Maybe it did say Shaft, then. Um, The other thing that I wrote down, uh, which I I actually looked this up, and I couldn't find anything about it. Um, At one point, Raiden, uh, at one of the points when he's, like, talking, and he's, like, being weird. He refers to like, what is this? An Oglethorpe's playground? Huh. I looked that up and I can't find it anywhere. I don't know what he's talking about. <laughs> <laughs> we, I'm like, I was like, I don't know what this is. Like what I don't I couldn't find Oglethorpe. Did you look up did you look up the um what are they called? Is it the screenplay basically like the published scripts? Uh I feel we, up, I yeah. feel we I feel we owe it to our listeners to one, get more booze. That's mostly a me problem. And two, pause to look this up. Okay. Um, I actually, I did look this up. I forgot. Uh, Oglethorpe is a town. <laughs> Where? In Georgia? Is there it's a is town there... in Georgia. Okay, the reason I bring this up is because, like, you know, it's like, there could be a 1920s, 30s American movie where they might say, like, we'll send you to Sing Sing. And it's no, like, I see. Is it, it, yeah, that, that, it I... could be that this thing actually makes sense. It could be, but I, I couldn't find anything about it. There's something that just like came up. Um, so I did do a little bit of looking up on Oglethorpe to see like what an Oglethorpe's playground is. Um, I yeah, it's a city in Georgia. But also, here's something that you might like, Matthew, is that Oglethorpe is also a recurring character on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. <laughs> <laughs> So wait, doesn't that okay? It's like the episode of Future. I'm always like Pazuzu, Pazuzu. I feel like nobody would randomly say Oglethorpe. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. 
I I don't know. I have no idea. I've got nothing for where it came. So there's probably a reference somewhere that I'm I'm not getting. But uh, the only thing that comes to mind from what I'm looking at is that uh, Fort Oglethorpe in Georgia is a prisoner of war camp during World War One. Okay, that's right. Oh, that's possible. Maybe that. Um, Fort Oglethorpe is also a, a town in Georgia. There's a town in Georgia called Oglethorpe, and there's also a town. Right. It's Fort probably Oglethorpe. named after the. Well, the fort's probably named after the town. Mm-hmm. So, if yeah, there's a POW camp during World War One, that could be it. But anyway, we don't need to spend wow. a lot of time on this. Like, it's yeah, it's yeah. Silly, like incredibly silly movie. Yeah. Um, but there was like there was that, and then the last thing that I remember that I I noticed on my first screening, but it like really stuck out to me on my second screening was that uh, during the final shootout with everyone, not with like the four people who like had like the silver desert eagles, mm-hmm. but when they like laid the trap for everyone, the trap the uh, the yeah. cannibalistic bears, cannibalistic bear trap, uh, D slides on her shoulder to like shoot someone, but she slid on the shoulder that she got shot on. Yeah. So I'm just like, why? <laughs> why would you do that? Like, that must have like, if she had actually been shot, that would have actually hurt her a lot. She wouldn't have like chosen to like slide, like slam her body on the ground and then slide on her injured shoulder. Have she- you ever been eating fries? You want some ketchup? I don't know. I don't eat ketchup. But sometimes the ketchup squirts on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. That's what happened to D. That was yes, absolutely no shot. There was no shot. It was just <laughs> she actually, yeah, she, she was fine because yeah, that was not actually blood. But that was one thing that stood out to me where I'm like, that's supposed to be her injured shoulder. Uh, you clearly forgot that she was injured because you haven't treated her like she was injured throughout the entire film. Isn't there isn't there like a role in movie says called like the continuity director, continuity editor, or something like that? Yeah, they probably saved. They, they probably like. $2.5 million went uh, to Christopher Lambert and like probably all of that money came from <laughs> not hiring that guy. Yeah, that's yeah, that's absolutely true. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, there's no continuity uh, protection. So um, yeah, that was my second screening experience. Uh, I did not like it anymore. I actually, I, I thought that I was going to like it more because I was like, oh, I know what to expect. And then like, by the end, I was just like, please want to get this over with. Yeah, we. I think we both liked it less, and yes. uh, yeah. and and you know, it's like I mean, I think uh, I think that if you f- if you're a listener and you feel like battle royale movies and you have not seen uh, a battle royale, the the Japanese movie, I think you should definitely watch that. Absolutely, watch that, not this. Yeah, uh-huh. absolutely, watch that, not this. Um, uh, yeah. So then, also like to end my second screening experience on the fact that you went to the ER. Mm-hmm. That also wasn't exactly my favorite experience in the world, but I also wasn't the one. So, I mean, um, I felt I felt like a million bucks after they got a couple IVs in me. So, yeah. I would actually say that yeah, the second screening maybe I actually did like it more because because <laughs> I got I got IVs and then I got Vicodin and I was feeling pretty good. So, yeah. so maybe I should change my view. <laughs> uh, okay. All God. right, let's go ahead and get into our uh, our. Our ranking for this film. So, Matt, yeah. you give me your your initial screening rank, and then your second. God, I gotta go. I, I don't think I've ever given such a big rating, but uh, uh, I gotta go A minus uh, A minus to C. Um, I really remember enjoying this movie a lot more, and then watching it the second time, I was like, "This is bad." And it's not even like the room; like it's not even yeah. awesomely bad. It's just 
it it's bad. bad. It's it just, bad, bad, it's bad, it's bad. bad. <laughs> There's still a couple parts that I like. I, I absolutely like Hobbs and Shaw, but uh, overall, like this is not a good movie. And again, like the Street Fighter movie, I love the, the Street Fighter, Fighter movie. Is like campy and awful, oh, awful, yes. but also so much fun. Yes, it has it's a like, lot of charm and heart to it. This movie is missing heart. I think is really. I think I so I think our our buddy Nikki said it best uh, about his love of Purple Rain, uh, where he's like, "It's not a good movie." As in, like, I love the Street Fighter movie. Mm-hmm. It's not a good movie, but I love it. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, the it's, it's just a bad movie. It's yeah. Bad. This was, this was, oh, so I, I think A minus to C. Okay, that's fair. Uh, I think I'm going to surprise you. One. Uh, okay. This is actually the worst movie we've seen on. What was our previous worst movie? Babadook. The Bob. No, no, Babadook's way worse than this. I, I actually was like, I was talking to Sheila about this, and I was like, uh, I for whatever reason I wanted to keep the Babadook in my head as like the worst movie, but like this is actually to me. This is so actually this is one of the best uh, data points of our podcast. Which by the way, we will catch up to Paranoia Shop. I'll get you chat one. Yeah. Um, because because you're right, we can have like a, a a running list of like best and worst, which I think yeah, is yeah. is very interesting. Uh, no, Baba Duke is way worse than this. I feel like uh, you know, talking about it a little bit, I was like Baba Duke. I thought was worse, but like think about it, it actually has a cohesive plot. Uh, the main detriment to the Baba Duke is that the characters are annoying, but honestly, the characters are kind of annoying in this one too. Um, not as annoying, I will say. Like the child actor is. The worst in the Baba Duke, but he's ah! like, why can't you just be normal? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but yeah, just overall, just from like head to toe, this movie is just a worse than the Baba Duke. Like, I don't know. I mean, maybe in uh, you know, maybe it's the fact that this is a battle royale movie, so they can ch- chop from person to person or group to group enough. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, the Babadook was such a slog because yeah, I have to I, deal I, with all these people that I hate so much. And at yeah. least in this movie, like, yeah, there's, I mean, we know that there's basically two main groups that yeah. you're following through, right? And I guess there's enough cut that uh, even though I did not like it nearly as much the second time, in fact, I kind of disliked it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It just, oh, God, the Babadook is still just so much worse. It's just so much more of a slug. Yeah. But that's such I, an, that's an interesting point that our podcast yeah. can totally like now yeah. have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, yeah, who, yeah. Who thinks, like, which one is like the worst movie that we've seen? Yeah. Uh, and on, honestly, that one actually does go to The Fountain. The Fountain's probably the worst movie that we've ever watched. Um. <laughs> I'm going to delete. Hey, <laughs> delete. Uh, hey, Ben, delete all of this. Delete everything you've ever made right now. <laughs> No, I'm ha- hack into my computer and delete everything. <laughs> Come and find me and kill me. Except uh, my freaky deaky porn. I need yeah. that. <laughs> no, uh, I'm kidding. Obviously, the fountain is an incredible. Um, no, yeah. So this, I'm going to give this a D minus. First time I saw it, to an A. Like, yeah, the uh, uh, you actually raise a very good point because uh, the only reason I keep doing this podcast is because you pay me small amounts of money. <laughs> Yeah, that's exactly. not true, but you do no. to be your friend. But uh, uh, <laughs> uh, co- coherence, like we should put a disclaimer on the beginning of the coherence podcast, which is if you have not seen coherence, turn this off right now. 
Yes. Uh, and go watch that movie because that movie is worth its weight in gold. And I never would have seen Coherence if it wasn't for this podcast. Yeah. I also I, never would have seen The Babadook, which would have been way better off. Yes. But that, so, offers, that, that, that offers a very interesting data point. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah. That might be fun to go back and like do a podcast not on, like do an episode not on a movie, but like maybe if we get to like 20 episodes. Like which we will, and which will beat Paranoia Shop, who only got yeah. to 18, by the way. Exactly. One. So, like, maybe for like 20 or so, we can go back and be like, hey, let's rank our movie, like uh, the movies that we've watched as. That's more oh, like that. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, that might be yeah, fun. Yeah. Um, and we can do it maybe, maybe in the next one. Who knows? Um, yeah, so this one, I, I definitely feel like this is the worst movie that we've watched. And like, yeah. uh, because I, I do agree that like the Babadook is a slog because you're only watching these characters that you hate. The entire time versus this one you do get like reprieve from characters who suck uh you know occasionally you switch over to uh I mean, who are fun yeah uh, so you get a little bit of relief versus like babadook is like unrelenting that, but i think that from a movie production standpoint this movie is worse yes yeah, yeah. yeah. No, um the fact that the the fact that the only thing we disagree on is is this the worst or the second to worst i think mm-hmm. adds credence to your point <laughs> It's not a good movie, and it's yeah. not even again. It's not even like I love. I love the Street Fighter movie. The Street yeah. Fighter movie I like is that not movie. a good movie. Yeah, yeah. I uh, like a lot of really bad movies. Like uh, last year, uh, Sheila and I went and watched this like campy movie that was a lot of fun, but it was like bad, but it was like fun. It was called Night of the Creeps. Like sure. there are oh, yeah. fun yeah. movies that are just like bad. They're bad, but they're like a lot of fun. This is not that. This is. This is a mistake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, abs. Yeah, yep, and yep. I think that's the biggest. Yep, yep. and uh, uh, this is for me personally. Um, I don't think I have that big of swings. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, based on previous, don't. and no, I, I don't think. I, and this is this was such a big swing. Yeah, like, I was, I was so unhappy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I was actually impressed because yeah, normally mm-hmm. you're pretty like you're within like I'm usually like A minus B plus or yeah, B plus B. And, yeah. uh no this was uh this was the biggest swing yeah oh god yeah so yeah but uh, that's why we do it that's why we do it um yeah so i think that's it that's all we have for mean guns uh do not watch it i do not recommend watching it unless you yeah. want listen to the soundtrack if you want to listen to some sick mambo because the soundtrack was actually legitimately good sure uh, yeah, but, I mean, but the soundtrack was like a probably like actual, you know, actual mambo guy making mambo music. So yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, like uh, straight up, just don't watch. It. I'm, <laughs> like, so, I'm, so, I'm so, if you got to this point, I'm so sorry about me, guns. I'm so sorry. <laughs> All right. Um, well, uh, thank you for joining us. I had a lot of fun recording this podcast. Uh, not so much preparing for it. Uh, it was, the- I, yeah, I, I, I also did not have as much fun so much I went to the, to the ER. ER. Exactly. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Second Screening Podcast. And I hope you'll join us next time when we'll be talking about Fiddler on the Roof. Yes. That turned in like the Warner Brothers. Yeah, I was like, what's going on? Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, I don't know enough about fiddlers. But yeah. (laughs) But yeah, this is a movie that I very much like, but I've been wanting to revisit it. And Matthew hasn't seen it before. I've never seen it ever. I hope you uh, join us for the next time where we talk about that classic.
And I hope, wait, wait. I hope oh. that uh, I hope we record that in six months. And yep. then six months from then, it's a release right around Halloween. Yeah, and perfect. People are like, you know, that classic horror movie, Fiddler on the Roof. <laughs> <laughs> okay, right. thanks everybody. Bye. Bye. Bye.